Hello, everyone. Welcome to To Be Heard Podcast, your weekly faith-filled and motivational podcast where listeners are encouraged, culture is challenged, and the truth can be heard. My name is Ayana Simone, and you are currently listening to the very first To Be Heard Tuesday of 2023 which I cannot believe that we're here already, that we're already entering into the new year. But if I was going to enter the new year with anybody, I would choose all of you. So it's a huge honor to have y'all tuned in today. And I'm very much anticipating what this new year holds for us, because if you really think about it, y'all, every season of To Be Heard podcast runs from October all the way through the month of March. And being that we're in January, that means that we are at our halfway point which is insane. I really don't know where the last three months have gone, but we are stepping into the second half of this fourth season. And I hope that y'all are ready. I hope that you're excited because I do have some very special To Be Heard Tuesdays planned for the second half of this fourth season. And I cannot wait for y'all to hear what this new year sounds like for the podcast, not just, you know, as we close out season four in a couple months, but even as we begin season five this coming October, like There's a lot in store (laughs) and I'm very excited. And um, so as I, you know, share a little bit of my goals with y'all kicking off this new year, please trust and know that I'm also praying for you guys as you set out for your own goals, the things that you want to achieve and accomplish. I really do believe in y'all and I'm rooting for each of you as we kick off this new year and understanding that we are only three days in. I still hope and pray that it's been treating you well so far and that you've got a, a good feeling about this year. And if you don't, I have a good enough feeling for the both of us. So be hopeful, get excited. It's going to be a great new year for all of us here. Um, And I have a really special treat for those of you with read more books on your 2023 bucket list. Because if you follow me on social media, or if you're just a member or subscriber over on my website at ayanasimone.com, you would know that I am kicking off this brand new year with a book club. Now, Y'all know that I've had the privilege of publishing my second novel last November titled My Name is Anxiety, and I've expressed to y'all many times before that this is a story unlike anything I've ever written. And while I did spend a couple of two we heard Tuesdays peeling back some layers of the book with y'all, discussing uh, the biblical elements that you'll find embedded within that story of My Name is Anxiety, I dedicated a couple of two we heard Tuesdays to that, but With the symbolic and thematic elements that you'll find in My Name is Anxiety, I cannot contain all of that in just a couple of episodes. And so that's exactly why I decided to create a three-week book club that you can join me and many other readers who are signing up. It's so exciting. But you can join me and a group of readers over at ayanasimone.com to dive into the content of the story together. And in this, we are going to take a look at the real raw revelation of what it means to know your true name. And we are going to explore topics like trauma, like family wounds, identity, sexuality, relationships, and faith. We are going to dive into those topics together. And again, a handful of you have already signed up, which is so exciting. But the invitation is open until Sunday, January 15th. That day, we will officially kick off our three-week study 
And so if this is something that you're interested in, you have plenty of time to order your copy of My Name is Anxiety on Amazon. I really want to take y'all on this journey with me. It is going to be an amazing time. And being that I've spent three years working on this book, I cannot wait to show y'all within the pages of that book some really key themes that I want y'all to take with you in this new year. And so if you're interested, head on over to my website at ayanasimone.com slash book club. Go ahead and sign up and then immediately check your email. I'm going to send you an email with all the details you'll need in order to participate. It's completely free. So again, that's ayanasimone.com slash book club. I would love to have you be a part of this new online exclusive community. So with all that being said, though, I do have a message for today's To Be Her Tuesday that you may or may not see in My Name is Anxiety. But regardless of whether or not you read the book, this is a message that I want y'all to take with you, not just for today's To Be Hurt Tuesday, but for the entirety of the year. And if I can be really dramatic, I mean the entirety of your life, okay? Because this message has set me free and it's still setting me free to this day. And I'm so eager to share with y'all this message that totally needs to be heard that I'm not even hiding it from you, okay? Like I'm featuring it as the title of today's To Be Heard Tuesday. And that message is, you've already read it, you are not what you struggle with. I'm gonna say it again in the case that you need to hear it again, give you an opportunity to turn your volume up. But you are not what you struggle with. And there are a couple of reasons why I want this to be the first message y'all hear from me this year. There's a couple of reasons why, but before I share those reasons with you, I want to address a concern that I am most positive is coming up. As I say that phrase, you are not what you struggle with. Because I will never forget the first time that revelation came to me. This is years back. I'm doing a lot of hard work and trying to figure out, you know, um, just asking hard questions. And this is one of the revelations that came to me. And as that revelation came to me, and I was so inspired and motivated by it, as it came to me, I asked a question that I imagine some of you may be asking here today for today's To Be Heard Tuesday, as y'all hear me say, you are not what you struggle with. Because as positive as that message seems, as encouraging as it is, and as powerful as it sounds, some of you tuned in may be wondering, it's encouraging, but is it biblical? And for those of you asking that question, please hear me when I say, I applaud you. Because I'm one of the many people who, if I hear something that's encouraging or motivating, It may last me maybe a good 48 hours or something, but if it's not biblical, I actually don't want it because I've experienced, you know, some really motivating, uh, encouraging messages that weren't biblical and it made me feel good and it made me, you know, feel like I had control and it made me feel confident for a moment, but because it wasn't rooted in scripture, I found myself two days later back where I started. Like it didn't provide the life that the Bible provides, you know? And so a lot of people get some flack when they are constantly asking that question, like, is it biblical? Okay, where's the scripture? Show me that in the Bible. Where's your verse to back that up? Like a lot of people get flack for that, but I actually applaud that. Like, I think that's a really cool gift to walk in the conviction of Holy Spirit, like to know your Bible so much that the things that you hear, 
the spirit goes off, like it will alert you um, and will help you discern what's from God and what isn't. And so for those of you tuned in today and you're asking that question, is it biblical? I want to answer that question with y'all for today's To Be Her Tuesday, because if you want the truth, when that revelation came to me again, that very same question came up on my end, too. Like it really was encouraging and it set me free in that moment. I remember feeling so at peace when that revelation came to me. But as I moved forward and as I continued walking, especially as I was writing My Name is Anxiety, that question of is it biblical came up on my end, too. And so I took the liberty of pulling out the scripture verses to back up this phrase because, spoiler alert, it is scriptural, it is biblical, and therefore it is powerful. Because it is truth, this truth can set you free. And I want to show you how I came to this conclusion in this revelation, all based off of scripture. Because the coolest thing about the Bible is that it really is a love letter from God who is perfect, holy in all of his ways. It is his love letter to us about his perfect, holy, beautiful son, Jesus Christ. And in that, this love letter is told by featuring numerous stories in the Bible of people who struggle. Now, granted, Jesus is the only person in the Bible who did not struggle with sin, who never fell into temptation. Again, he is perfect. He's beautiful. He is lovely in all of his ways. But the people he made, we are the ones who chose into sin. We are the ones who struggle. And so if you're tuned in today and you struggle with something, rest assured, I got a perfect book just for you. And it is not My Name is Anxiety. It is the Bible. The Bible is filled with people who struggle. People like you and I today, I can give you all a a detailed list. I didn't plan to say, you know, give y'all some names, but just at the top of my head, 1 Samuel, there's a story of a girl named Hannah, and she is in a lot of anguish and distress because she was struggling to have a baby. Or the story of Jonah is huge for me. I love the story of Jonah. We see that Jonah deals with self-hatred. And you'll have to really study the text to see how I came to that conclusion. But Jonah struggles with self-hatred. Peter, he struggled with his temper. We see that often in the Gospels. He's always the one, you know, saying the hard thing or ready to fight, ready to do anything. Peter is the one who kind of deals with anger in a way. We also know that Apostle Paul, while he didn't reveal exactly what a struggle was, he says in 2 Corinthians 12, there's a thorn in my flesh. Like these people in the Bible struggle. And those are just four names I mentioned, y'all. Like I could go from Genesis all the way to Revelation. We can find a good sum of people who struggle. So rest assured, if you're struggling today, you're no different than literally every person on earth. Everybody struggles. But this message of you are not what you struggle with, how can we find that in scripture? Where where can we find that in the Bible? And this is where our To Be Her Tuesday begins because as I was studying this, going directly to the Bible to do this, I didn't want to go anywhere else because anything outside of the Bible, it won't last you very long. Like it will give you maybe a good 24, 48 hour goosebump. But after that, you need some scripture to really to really let the truth stick. And so... I went to the Bible about this concern. How do I know that I'm not what I struggle with? Because side note, many of you have heard my story many times before. I am so used to identifying with what I struggle with. Like for many years, not just in my my life, but specifically in the years where I followed Jesus, I still identified with what I struggled with. 
like I'm I'm pretty vocal about this anyway, but I wrestled with anxiety so much in the past. And some days, if you want the truth, I still struggle. I still struggle with it. But it was very intense a couple years ago to the point where I did not see the light of day. Like, and I wasn't even motivated to see the light of day, not to get gory or dark or anything, but that's how bad it was. I struggled deeply with anxiety and with depression and I remember struggling with it for so long that I just decided to identify as it. And so instead of saying, oh, I deal with anxiety, I started to saying, I'm anxious. You know, like I would take ownership of the very thing I was struggling with. And for years, I justified it because I'm like, I've been here for how many years? Like I'm going on my sixth year of having these like chronic anxiety attacks. Obviously, it's just part of who I am. It's just, you know, like I'm just an anxious girl. How else can I describe that? And so when I heard this message of you are not what you struggle with, it struck me. And I didn't know years later I would be writing a book about it, but it definitely stuck with me. And that raised the question, where can I find this in scripture? And so at the beginning of my study, not going to lie to y'all, I really did have a hard time finding this theme because what I was looking for going into my study, I wanted a word for word verse that says, you are not what you struggle with. But there's a lot of times when you read the Bible and you're looking for that one like that one liner that you can pull from the Bible. There is plenty of that, but sometimes it may not be screaming at you. Like it may not be this glaringly obvious message found in the Bible. You might have to get some pen and some highlighters and and study that, you know, like you have to pull out the message and really apply the principles so that you can see uh, what the context is really saying. And so, no, I did not find a verse that says you are not what you struggle with, but I did find and study the lives of people who did struggle. And even more important, I studied how Jesus treated that person. And if I could take that a little bit deeper, I also took a careful look at how the Bible addressed the people who struggled. And what I found blew my mind. And I just want to invite y'all in the study with me because this is a message that has set me free. And for this year, I want you to walk in the freedom of this message as well. And so I'm going to read to y'all a couple of verses found in scripture, and I'm just going to read them straight through. I'm going to read it, give you the address, and then move on to the next verse because I do have a handful of verses I want to read to you. And then at the end, I will explain why I read the verses I did. So don't be discouraged if I'm just like spitting verses at you and you're like, okay, what is she even saying? Listen to every single verse that I read. And then I'm going to provide some context for all of us here today so that we can rest assured that this is true. You are not what you struggle with. So I want to kick off in Matthew 17. And from there, I'm going to read y'all a couple more verses and I'll provide some context. So let's start in Matthew 17 verses 14 through 18, which says, At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Verse 17, Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Now let's jump over to Luke 4, and I'll read verses 31 through 35, which says, Then Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, 
and taught there in the synagogue every Sabbath day. There, too, the people were amazed at his teaching, for he spoke with authority. Verse 33. Once he was in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, cried out, shouting, Go away! Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Verse 35. But Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet. Come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the demon threw the man to the floor as the crowd watched. Then it came out of him without hurting him further. Still in Luke, let's go to Luke chapter 8, verses 27 going all the way down to 29. It says, As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time he had been homeless and naked, living in the tombs outside the town. As soon as he saw Jesus, he streaked and fell down in front of him. Then he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Please, I beg you, don't torture me. Verse 29, For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. The spirit had often taken control of the man. Even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles, he simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness, completely under the demon's power. We'll stay in Luke just for a little bit, but let's jump to Luke chapter 6, verse 6 through 11. It says, On another Sabbath day, a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Verse 8, But Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. Verse 9, Then Jesus said to his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them one by one. Then he said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At this, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage, and they began to discuss what to do with him. One more verse in Luke, and then we'll jump around a little bit more in Matthew, and then we'll be done. Thank y'all so much for hanging in there. We're almost done, but let's jump to Luke chapter 13. We'll read verses 10 through 13, which says, One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. Verse 12, when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Verse 13, then he touched her and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God. Now we're going to jump back to Matthew. This is uh, chapter 15 and I'll start in verse 22. It says, a Gentile woman who had lived there came to him pleading, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. And then jumping down to verse 28, it says, Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great, your request is granted, and her daughter was instantly healed. One more verse that I'll read in Matthew. This is actually another account of a verse we already read, but this is Matthew 8. I'll just read one verse. It says, When Jesus arrived on the other side of the lake, in the region of Gadarenes, I'm sure I mispronounced that, but it says, two men who were possessed by demons met him. They came out of the tombs and were so violent that no one could go through that area. Now, Yana, 
Why would you read all of those verses? What is the significance? What is the purpose? How do any of those verses relate to what we're talking about today? When you just said you kicked us off with this message, you're not what you struggle with. What do these verses have to do with that? Those are really great questions, you guys. But I had to read those verses because I wanted to give you as much evidence as possible. I felt so uncomfortable just reading one verse and then letting that, you know, prove my point if you're not what you struggle with. No, I wanted to give y'all a pretty hefty list of verses that you too can fall back on when you start living out this message. And again, we're being heard together this fourth season. When you start telling others that they are not what they struggle with, I want y'all to have enough verses in your back pocket that you can use to support this statement. And so let's talk about the most obvious thing about all the verses I just read. All of those verses have to do with demon possession. Now, there was one verse that I did read that mentioned nothing about an evil spirit. That was the man with the deformed hand. We didn't know why his hand was deformed. We can't blame it on a demon. The Bible doesn't say, but we understand that that too was a sickness. And the reason why I wanted to pull all of those verses with the context of demon possession, number one, I wanted to choose a struggle that many of us would consider to be the worst struggle. And in my own head and in my own mind, I personally cannot think of a a worse struggle than demon possession. Because as some verses have said, some demons took complete control of the person. And there is no worse influence in the world than demonic influence. Like, if you're going to struggle with anything, please let it not be demonic influence, right? So I wanted to choose a struggle that we would, um, for the most part, agree is probably the most harmful struggle of them all. And that's demon possession, where you're literally not in control of yourself, but a demon calls the shots in your life. A demon controls you. A demon um, latches itself to your soul. Like, I wanted to choose something that gory and that deep. But number two, part of the reason why I chose demon possession is because it's not very often in scripture that you'll read Jesus was walking through the town and there was a, a... 22 year old girl like myself on the side of the road like Jesus I deal with anxiety help me with anxiety like and that's why I struggled uh trying to find context for this message in the first place because I was looking for that word for word Jesus said you are not what you struggle with and I didn't find that nor did I find you know a passage of scripture where it was really specific to my situation where there's this 22 year old black girl standing on the side of the road as Jesus is walking by like hey I struggle with anxiety what can you do about it what's your message to me you know like I didn't find that granted we'll find uh Matthew 9 is coming to mind where it does say that Jesus uh had so much compassion on the people because they were like sheep without a shepherd uh many of them had uh all kinds of illnesses and diseases which I kind of have to assume if it says every kind of disease every kind of illness I think it's a, a safe guess to assume that they're also talking about mental illness, not just physical illness, but illness in the mind, illness in the heart. Like, I think it's safe to say that Jesus did uh, deal with people who struggle with their mental health while he walked the earth, too. Like, truly, there is not a single person on earth who doesn't struggle. So I don't think it's a wild assumption to say that Jesus dealt with people who had their own struggles and issues with mental health, too, because it literally says every kind of illness, every kind of disease Jesus healed, which is good news. But so I couldn't find that verse where it was really specific to my struggle. But this struggle of demon possession is pretty numerous throughout the Gospels, which I do want to take some time and pause here because I I can imagine some people tuned in today. 
today. Like, please don't tell me that that my struggle with anxiety, depression, uh, bipolar, whatever it is, that that means I'm possessed by a demon. No, I'm not saying that. Cannot be more clear about that. I've been told that before too in my struggle and that was a very damaging message for me. It really was. And so I'm not saying that at all, but I'm pulling these uh, verses that talk about demon possession. Number one, because I think it's a, a really bad struggle to struggle with an actual demon. But number two, because I can't find a specific situation that would match everyone's struggle here, because everyone's tuned in today with different struggles. I don't know what those struggles are. I want to be as vocal as I can about my own struggle, but I don't know what your struggles are. So I just chose the worst one. That is why I'm studying um, all of these verses concerning demon possession. And so with all that being said, hopefully my reasons were clear as to why I chose these verses specifically. With all that being said, let's take a look and rewind and talk about what we just read. Because with all of those verses dealing with demon possession, a common theme and a common denominator that runs through all of those verses is that not one time, not one verse that I read just now, there's not a single verse that I read that says, Demon possession met Jesus when he came out of the boat or when Jesus was preaching to the synagogue, deformed hand uh, stood up and said that he wanted healing or, you know, the man who brought his uh, little boy to Jesus at the foot of the mountain in Matthew. That verse does not say the father brought demon possession to the mountain for Jesus to heal him. No, no, no. There was not one verse that I read that says that. What does it say then? What does it say? If it doesn't call the person out by their struggle, by their demon possession, by their deformed hand, by what they, they struggle with, the woman who was crippled, it didn't say uh, crippled was in the synagogue. No. What does it say? It says the man with the deformed hand or the man who was possessed by a demon or the woman who was bent double 18 years and crippled. It says the daughter who was possessed by a demon suffering terribly, or the boy who was possessed by a demon. What's my point? The Bible calls them out by their person, not by their struggle. Again, the Bible doesn't call out the demon-possessed boy just by his demon possession. Like, it doesn't say demon possession was presented to Jesus. It doesn't say crippled hand was presented to Jesus. Even further, it doesn't say Jesus saw a deformed hand, Jesus saw a crippled, Jesus saw a demon possession. No, it says Jesus saw the woman with demon possession. Jesus saw the daughter who was suffering terribly. That's who Jesus saw. In the verse that I read to y'all in Luke 13 concerning the woman who was crippled, what Jesus called her is even a better picture, the picture I'm trying to paint for today's To Be Her Tuesday, but Jesus literally calls that woman, dear woman, not even demon possessed woman. No, Jesus called her dear. That was the term that Jesus used to define that lady. He called her dear. And so what is my point in all of this? What, what am I trying to get at? My point is that not even the Bible calls out people for what they deal with. The Bible doesn't call out all of those verses I just read to you. The Bible doesn't refer to them as their struggle. They say there was a man, there was a woman, there was a boy, a girl, a daughter, a son. Meaning that the people who struggle are still people. 
They're human beings. And their struggle didn't stop them from being a person. Their struggle didn't change the fact that they were a human being. Instead, their struggle just showed that this is a person, this is a man, this is a woman who struggles. Not the man is the struggle, but the man has a struggle. And all of these scriptures prove that to be true. And so for those of you tuned in today, I want y'all to know by the truth of the word of God that you are not what you struggle with. Sure, you may be walking into this year with some anxiety. Guess what? That anxiety is not who you are. You may be walking in this year with some depression. Guess what? That depression is not who you are. You fill in the blank. Whatever it is that you struggle with, that is not who you are. I want y'all to get this. You are a person. And the moment you forget that, you are going to literally lose your mind. That was something observed by Dr. Matthew Stevenson that changed my life. This is two years ago in 2021 now, which is actually crazy because I remember watching a sermon on January 3rd, 2021. It was called uh, Psychological Warfare, I believe, by Dr. Matthew Stevenson. I'll post it to the To Be Heard Instagram page. But within the first couple of minutes of that sermon, he says, if you don't remember that you're a person, you are one attack away from having a mental breakdown. And how true is that for us as we study this today? You have to remember that you are a person. You are a person made in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made, perfectly crafted in your mother's womb, totally born and intended on purpose, regardless of what your story is. You were born on purpose. That is who you are. You're, you are a human being. You are not what you struggle with. If Jesus did not identify all those people in the Bible as what they struggled with and saw them as the man who struggled, the man who was demon possessed, the man with a deformed hand, not the deformed handed man, the man with a deformed hand, a person with a struggle. And that's what we all are, right? We're people who struggle. It's what we do as humans. Jesus didn't see them as their struggle. Why are we seeing us as our struggle? There's something to that. There's something off about that that I want to challenge for the first To Be Heard Tuesday of the year. You are not what you struggle with. And the reason why I wanted to share this message with you all is because culture, the culture that we're living in today, actually celebrates you if you identify by what you struggle with. There is something so sadistic happening in our world today where it is championed and celebrated and um, just glorified for you to identify as someone you're not. I'm talking just in general, whatever that struggle is, there's like this embedded theme that I see all the time. And I'm sure you see it too in culture where it's like someone will say that this is what they struggle with. And then within moments, they are coupling their struggle with their identity. And I'm not shaming you at all. I started off the podcast by saying I struggle with this too. I struggle with the thing I struggle with. Like this goes, this is all uh, applicable for my life as well. Like there is that temptation to identify by what you struggle with, but even more specifically, and I have to say this, this certainly needs to be heard. But when it comes to our sexuality and our sexual orientation and our pronouns, like it is so common and familiar for someone to identify as that. 
Like, and I want to be very sensitive because I understand some of you tuned in today, you may struggle with this. And please hear me when I say I have the utmost compassion and respect for each of you tuned in. Please let me make that very clear. But one thing that I see in our culture today, there is this glorification of um, identifying with a certain pronoun or a certain uh, gender identity or a sexual orientation. And we are becoming so far past the truth of who we are, really standing firm as who we are as men and as women. And for those of us who are in Christ, men and women of God, like, we are becoming so far past that that it is actually concerning. And I've seen it over and over again. Some people, they say they struggle with not knowing with who they're attracted to or they struggle with not knowing if they're a boy or a girl, which again, I have compassion for you. I understand like there is this war on our identity. There really is. So I have compassion and so much respect for you. But if I could just challenge you and encourage you with this truth, just because you may struggle with it, because from what I've heard, it seems to start off as a struggle of, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I like. I don't know who I want to identify as. It starts off as the small wrestle and then it multiplies into, this is my identity. But I want to challenge that for today's To Be Hurt Tuesday. Your struggle is not who you are. If you want to know who you are, if you want to take a real journey and find out who you are, take that journey, okay? Go ahead and take it. And if you don't run into Jesus in the process, you will never know who you are. That is the best way I can say that. If you're on a journey this year of discovering who you are and, you know, this self-discovery journey, whatever you want to call it, if that is what you're set out for for this year, if you do not run into Jesus Christ, you will never know. Because Jesus is the only one who knows who you really are. He knows me more than I know me. And he knows you more than you know you. And so trying to live outside of his umbrella of protection, trying to pull from these different definitions of who you might be, that will not sustain you. It will never sustain you. Jesus is the only one who knows who you are. And he's the only one who can tell you who you are because he made you. And you want to know what he calls you? You want to know what he calls the person he made you to be? It's found in Genesis 131. God looked out on all that he made and he saw that it was very good. And that very good applies to the human beings that he made. That's the truth of the word of God. Now, if you're confused about that at all, I recorded an episode on this called The Thought That Counts where I break it down. You are very good. God made you to be very good. Your sin isn't good. Your struggle isn't good. Sometimes what we go through isn't good. But you, the person God made you to be is very good. And I want that message to ring loudly in your ear that you would identify by by what he calls you, that he calls you masterpiece, that he calls you fearfully and wonderfully made, that he calls you made in his image. And I just imagine a world where that is our identity, that we identify with nothing other than what God has said about us, not with our struggle, not with our anxiety, not with our sexual orientation, not with our pronoun, nothing. When the Bible lists out all the verses that we read concerning demon possession, it says the man who struggles, the man with the demon possession, like that person was a person, that person was somebody. And while we may not know their names, we know that they were a person who struggled, not the struggle themselves. That's so important that we get this. And I'm very passionate about sharing this message because this has gone on for too long. We are way too comfortable with not knowing who we are. 
We are way too comfortable with identifying by what we struggle with. And that is not how God intended. Not even the Bible refers to the people who struggled as the struggle themselves. There were people, people who struggled. And just like Jesus saw the woman who was possessed for 18 years, bent over double for 18 years, crippled, Jesus looked at her and called her dear woman. That's how Jesus views us. You know what I mean? Like that term dear, like he is enamored with us. He's so in love with us. That's what he calls us. He calls us loved. He calls us loved. He calls us made in his image, created by him, which I I feel so confident to say I'm made by him. Like I want to identify as created by God. That gives me confidence. Anxiety does not give me confidence. When I identify with my struggle, I'm not confident. And I would imagine the same for you. Those of you tuned in, if you identify with what you struggle with, I can't imagine you holding your head held high because that's not who you are. You are loved. You're made in the image of God. You're created by God. And for this new year, for 2023, I just want to imagine a world where we identify as that. We identify as who we really are and not with what we struggle with. And my hope is that you'll take this message and you'll take it to heart. And not only that, but you'll share this message with people around you. Like someone's got to say it. Someone's got to speak up. You know, like this message totally needs to be heard. And I want y'all to be heard with me. And so with that being said, please share this episode with a friend. Get them hype and excited and uh, start it off on a good, truthful, powerful note with this message of you are not what you struggle with. Go ahead and share it with a friend. Go out and say it yourself. You don't even have to share the episode, but just share this message in, in the spaces that you find yourself in in the new year. Spread this message like wildfire. We are not what we struggle with. We are loved. We are called by God. And I believe that our decisions would be so different if we identified as that and not by what we struggle with. And so if this episode blessed you personally, please let me know in the reviews. Rate this episode, follow and subscribe on whatever listening platform you're tuned in on. If you want to study this message just a little bit more with My Name is Anxiety, head on over to my website at ayanasimone.com slash book club. I would love to fill you in on all the details before we get started. Again, the study kicks off on Sunday, January 15th. You have plenty of time to get your book, but I would love to dive into the content of those pages with you and thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode of to be heard podcast i hope that it blessed you and y'all will hear from me next week right here on to be heard podcast